Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, that we have this beautiful place to gather. We thank Thee for this beautiful late summer morning. We thank Thee, Lord, for each brother and sister and friend that's joined us in this place today. Lord, we're also thankful for those that have taken their blessings of being here to other places, bless them as they've traveled away. We pray, Lord, that they might have travel mercies to return back to us. Lord, be with Brother Dan and Sister Gabby as they will make a trip to Switzerland. Lord, we pray that they might have a good journey, that things might go well, and that they might be able to receive a blessing wherever they go. For truly, Lord, we know they shall be a blessing wherever they are. Lord, be with Brother Bob as he cares for his wife. Strengthen him. Give him courage, Lord, and give him a great sense of purpose as he serves thee while he serves her. Lord, speak to us out of thy word. Give us insight, give us direction. Give us encouragement, Lord, give us admonition, Lord, add whatever is necessary that we might truly walk with thee in wisdom toward them that are without, for truly we are in the last days of a very tired and sinful world. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Dear ones, I want to read the last verse of the hymn that we sang again. I know thy grace has sought me, and so I joy in thee. Thy love to harbor brought me, where I am blessed and free. Amid all fears securely, on thee I rest my heart, because I know it surely that thou my Savior art. It was an inspiring Bible class lesson. As I read through it during the week, and I thank Brother Andrew for doing such a wonderful job of leading that discussion. Apologize again for the distraction that I caused partway through it. But David was limited. David and his men were limited in their relationship with the Lord just by nature of when they were born. They knew of God. They worshiped God. There were times in the Old Testament when the Spirit of God was upon people. But as it was brought out in the class... The Holy Spirit could not indwell them because Jesus had not come to earth to die that we might live. Everything shifted in that moment. And we have an incredible blessing that I know I don't take seriously enough or I don't appreciate enough. With the Lord's help, I'd like to have us read out of Acts chapter 4. We're going to read the first 22 verses. And give you a moment to find that. And this, um, if I if I were going to give the sermon a title, it would be "I Speak Jesus." Every time we sang this song at camp in the choir, I was fighting back tears. As I think about the song, tears well up in my eyes. So with that as a, drop, a backdrop, let's, let's read these 22 verses in Acts chapter 4 together. 
So uh, Peter and John had just healed a man. And now we, read, we get to chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. And being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John with Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, for if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled how they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And when they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in thy sight, in the sight of God, to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old, on whom the miracle of healing was shewed. Through verse 22. Dear ones, how often do we speak the name of Jesus? How often do we testify of Jesus? In my work, 
frequently, as often as the Lord will open a door, and people wonder why I am the way I am, I'll say I'm a person of faith. That really doesn't say much. Now, most people, if I would say to you, I am a person of faith, you would know what that means. Many people that I interact with, <coughs> excuse me, would say, well, that means he's a Christian. But what does it mean? What does it mean to truly be a Christian? Well, if we are truly to be a Christian, it means that we are to be Christ-like. That's a very sobering statement. If you were to ask me, David, are you truly Christ-like? I would have to say, sadly, no. I try to be. I try to imitate the master as best I can. And isn't that a cop-out? If I would truly allow the Holy Spirit to have complete full control in my life, every moment of my thoughts and my actions, as Jesus did, I could truly be Christ-like. In 1 John, I believe it's chapter 4 or 5, verse 17, I believe, it says, and as he is, as Christ is, so are ye in the world. So if all of those things are true, and if I truly desire to be a Christian, Why am I not saying something like, I am a person of faith, a follower of Jesus Christ? That's different. That's taking a stand. That's calling on the name of Jesus. Saying I'm a person of faith is a cop-out. That's what I'm realizing. That's what I've realized since camp. I have to find a way to work in to the conversation. I'm a follower of Jesus. And some might say, but that's going to cause division. Yeah, it will. It always did. Jesus even said, I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring division. Father against son, son against father, brothers against brothers. Because when we speak the name of Jesus, something happens. We're calling upon the greatest power the world has ever seen. I want to quickly read you the lyrics of the song that we sang at camp. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart in every mind, because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Now let me pause here for a moment. The peace is in the presence of Jesus. It's not on earth. The peace that we have on this earth is in the presence of Jesus, in the midst of the storm. This morning, David comforted himself in the Lord. If I'm to be comforted in a time of turmoil, and I should be able to be, it's because I'm in the presence of Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. Because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. 
We aren't born again because we're Christians. We're born again because Jesus died and rose from the dead that we might have life, and our life is in him. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. When we speak the name of Jesus into darkness, light comes. Why is the world so repelled by the name of Jesus? Because speaking the name of Jesus reveals their sinful state. The light of Christ illuminates their deeds. And they scatter like rats at sunrise. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. To every soul held captive by depression, I speak Jesus. Because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Do you remember, dear ones, in the account of those that were on the road to Emmaus on that great resurrection day? When they're walking with the stranger and they don't know who it is, and they go for quite a while and then they decide to rest and eat, and how the risen master blessed the food and as he was going to divide it to them, their eyes were opened and they realized who it was and he was gone. What did they say? They said, did not our hearts burn within us while we walked by the way and we talked? Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Let me pause there. The Israelites were given direction to annihilate their enemies, to slay them, to slaughter them. We talked about it in Bible class. The problem they had with the Amaleks was they didn't deal with them. This is different. If I speak Jesus over my enemy, I'm praying for my enemy. I'm not trying to have a victory over my enemy. I'm not trying to win over my enemy. I'm trying to shine the light of Jesus. I'm asking Jesus to come into the hearts of my enemy, to reveal himself to my enemies, so that my enemies can be my friend and my brother and my sister. I remember years ago, shortly after 9-11, I went into to my barber's barber shop. And Bob wasn't even on South Ave. He was somewhere on, on, Camilla, in, on Genesee Street. And he had a sign. And it said something along the lines of this. My job isn't to convert Osama bin Laden. It's to set up a meeting with God. Now, I knew what that meant. I said it poorly. The point was, this person said, I don't have to change him. I just have to kill him so he meets God. Now, that wasn't something Bob had, but it was a sign that was there. And, and as, it, as, I, as I saw that and I read it, it struck me. Was I praying for Osama bin Laden, for his soul? That's what this means when we speak Jesus over our enemies. 
Lord, bless them. Open their hearts. Open their eyes. Open their minds. That they can see and live. Why, why is that our responsibility? Because Jesus said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life. Am I praying for my enemies? Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. Fathers, grandfathers, Mothers, grandmothers, are we speaking the name of Jesus over our children and grandchildren? Are we asking Jesus to bathe them in his presence? Jesus, I shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus because your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. When we speak the name of Jesus, things happen. They have to happen. Because it isn't us. It's him. It's the power that's attached to his name. And then the concluding phrase, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Philippians 2, verse 10, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things of earth and things under the earth. There's power. That's what Peter and John were doing when they were he you know, they saw someone that needed to be healed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. And those that were there, the enemies that didn't want them to, to be around, the, the, the religious leaders, the power brokers of the day in Jerusalem, there was nothing they could say against it. Because the man was healed. I love the other account where, where the man that was, that was blind was able to see and Jesus healed him. And they wanted to try to find a way to, you know, to, to trick the man. And he basically said, listen, I don't know what your battles are. These are this is my translation, not the King James or any other. This is the, the DMF translation. I don't know what your problem is with the man. I don't know what you got against him, but one thing I know, I was blind and now I see. That's all I know. If you got an issue with it, you deal with it. <clears throat> well, I was once blind and now I see. I was once trapped and now I'm free. Do people see that? And do I say, well, yeah, I was, I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home and my parents built a nice hedge about me and, and I didn't always like it, but I'm so thankful that, that they did. That's all true. But I was lost and now I'm found. I was dead and he made me alive. He gave me a life that 
I don't deserve. And the he was Jesus, is Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything that we are dealing with. He's the answer for our country. He's the answer for our communities. I just haven't been bold enough to speak it enough. John 14, verses 12 through 14. Verily, verily, this I say unto you, believe on me. The works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's Jesus saying that. And he, he's, yes, he's saying it to his disciples, but that's the same thing for us. Does that mean that, that if anything I want, I can? No, that's not what that means. But it means that if I am truly walking in the Spirit, and I'm communing with the Father, and there is something that, the, that God has laid on my heart that God is going to work through, I should ask for that. I may not even see it in my lifetime. That does not mean it's not coming true. But I need to come in the name of Jesus to my Father. I remember asking, I, I, I remember once there was a dear brother that's gone to be with the Lord many, many years ago already, Brother Harold Boliance. Brother Harold was, he and Sister Elsie never had any kids. And whenever I would go to an ICFG workshop somewhere, on, it was always East Coast, Uncle Harold was there. And I remember reading the, 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 cha the chapter in, in Acts where the brethren were together in one spirit and they were fasting and praying and the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. And I asked him once, I said, Uncle Harold, why doesn't that happen anymore? And he just sighed and he said, David, I've never been in a place with brethren where the spirit was that one. Now, he, wasn't, he was saying it not in regret, but kind of encouraging me. Those things can happen, dear ones. The limiting factor in what God can do through the power of his son is me, not him. Imagine, dear ones, if you get together, you know, when we, when we, if, if we look at that account in Acts, they, they really were truly seeking direction from God. They didn't have an agenda. They didn't have a plan. They came seeking God's direction and God's plan. And they stayed together. And it says they fasted and prayed and ministered unto the Lord. And they stayed there long enough till they got the answer they needed. Now, I know brothers that have needed direction and have stayed in prayer till they got it, and they got it. But they were diligent, staying on their knees, sometimes even falling asleep praying. And, and in, one, in one account, I remember the brother said, you know, I was reading and reading and praying and reading, and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, the Spirit said, look at the Bible and he said, I looked on the page and one of the verses was circled and that was the direction I needed from God. 
he, think about Jacob, go to Old Testament. Jacob said to the angel, he wouldn't let the angel go. And he said, I will not let you go till you bless me. And the angel put his hip out of joint. And he blessed him. Are we wrestling with the Spirit to know, not that we want what we want, but to know what His will is? What are you doing here? Help me understand. Help me see. Help me know how I can be useful in your hands. I love this verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it, and it is safe. That's a, that's, that's a great verse. The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, is a strong tower, and those that are righteous run into it, <coughs> excuse me, and it is, and is safe. There is nothing that can afflict us when we are in the tower of Jesus' presence. Oh, physically we may die. Yeah, that might happen. And? You know, I I remember, and I know that sounds like a horrible statement. Yeah, we might die. And? I remember, and I I don't remember the scenario, but I remember that someone had passed away. You know, it might have been as I was talking with people about the passing of Brother Mike Palanacki, which shook us all. I'll tell you, the, the elder meeting we had here was a couple months after Brother Mike's passing. There was a hole in the room. There was a major void in the room, at least for me. Brother Mike encouraged me like no brother ever has. From the day of my ordination till the last time I saw him, he was an encouragement to me and oftentimes speaking to me encouraging words. And how would how could we go on? He was gone. And we talked about how what a tragic loss it was, but then we realized Brother Mike is in the presence of the Lord. Would we ever want him to come back? Would we ever want to deprive him of that? And when we say we don't want this person to die, we want this person to be with us, we're saying we would rather be selfish and rob you of the opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord. Ouch. And when I kind of mentally processed that, I thought... Yeah, I'm really sad that Brother Mike is gone. But I'm so thankful for Brother Mike. And I'm going to see him someday. And when I see him in courts of glory, he'll be standing there waiting. And he'll probably say something to me like, been waiting for you. This place is amazing. Better than we ever could have dreamed. And you know what's neat? For those of us that are children of the Most High, we get to experience the beginning of that here. That's why there's safety in the name of Jesus. Calling upon him, resting in his presence 
while on this earth dealing with all of the garbage that's going on around us. There is safety simply in the name of Jesus. And then Luke 10, 17, we've all, we all know this. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. <coughs> Excuse me. And I, and I, I think it's, it's really awesome. Pardon me for getting a drink. I think it's really awesome that they came back and they were super excited about that. There's, they can't imagine this. They, they go out and they come back and, and they're like, they come into Jesus' presence and they said, this is amazing. In your name, devils were cast out. People were healed. What did Jesus say to him? He didn't say, yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? He said, don't rejoice in this. This is just a symbol. This is an example of my power. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Because while it's amazing that through the name of Jesus, the lame walk, the blind see, the dead rise, what's more amazing is in the name of Jesus, you're freed from sin, freed from shame, forgiven of anything you could have done, and you're given access to the greatest power that's ever known anywhere, and that's the power of the Spirit of my Father to walk in me, in my Father, in the Spirit, faithful lives. The name of Jesus, what's more important than the lame being healed is that the power of sin is broken in your life. Romans 10, 13, we all know this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the more powerful part. Those that call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. It's not might be. It's like could possibly be. They shall be. I remember years ago when I was working for Brother Uli and, and the ISO standard came out, and I don't know what it might have been. I, ISO 1990. Who knows what it was? 91. I keep telling people at work they need to revise the ISO standard because as soon as they do, we can train people on it. And right now they're still using 2015. And I keep saying, man, I hope they change it because I can get some training classes scheduled for the new one. People don't need to go because they've already been trained. But I remember going to Buffalo and sitting in a meeting and the trainer said, here's the standard. And what you need to address, your quality system must address every shall in the standard. Because the word shall is absolute. Has to, it, will, it has to come to pass. And that's what we read here. They that call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Who's the him? Jesus. That's the power, dear ones. Do we understand that? That everything that is, is because of him. That should give us such great comfort. And I love this in John 16, 25 through 27. These things, Jesus speaking again, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. 
And at that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. So he's basically saying that there's going to come a time when we're going to be able to ask anything in his name. And he's going to pray to the Father for us. But listen to verse 27. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and believed that I came out from God. Think about that, dear ones. When we believe in the name of Jesus, when we call on the name of Jesus, we show to God that we love his son. And when we love his son, his love in a deeper measure is poured out on us. Jesus is the answer to everything. The question is, are we willing to speak the name of Jesus? Jesus. 